I think Pastor Toby should release an album. <laughs> we just call it the Songs of Spark Nation. On a serious note, I hope some of these uh, worship sessions are recorded so that people can listen to them and flow. Amen. We thank God for the opportunity to be here again today. I do not take it for granted at all. I want to thank Pastor Toby again. Uh, we've been together virtually all day. We had, um, um, what do we call it? A video recording this morning. And it went live on Facebook. And people are calling us all over Nigeria now that we should do part two. <laughs> so they wanted to hear more from Pastor Toby. And uh, the thing just went viral. But thank God. Amen. It's, it's serious. <laughs> because people, people started hearing a voice that is bringing forth another dimension when it comes to church. You guys are blessed. You know, when the Queen of Sheba visited Solomon, she told Solomon, among other things, she said, blessed are those who hear this wisdom of yours. And that is why anyone that is a member of Spark Nation, much is already given to you. This is an unusual thing. And I hope we are not taking for granted what is happening here. You know, a lot of people in Nigeria will want to be here. <laughs> so I don't want you to get familiar with what is happening here. Because we can get so familiar with it that the essence is lost on us. Sincerely, this is an unusual move of the spirit. And we must protect it. We must value it. We must not take it as a common thing. This is not a common thing. And uh, even in Nigeria, rarely can you find anything like this. So this is a demonstration of another wave of the spirit. This is voltage. This is potential difference. <laughs> I mean, this is powerful. We don't want to lift up your hand and just glorify Jesus again this evening. He's the head of the church. He's the savior of the body. All things are made by him and for him. Visible and invisible. Thrones and dominions. Principalities and powers. He's before all things. In him all things consist. It has pleased the Father that all fullness should dwell in him. And of his fullness we have received grace from grace. Father, we give you praise. Your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is the right scepter. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, the Lord your God has anointed you with a oil of darkness above your fellows. As we teach again tonight, everyone is blessed, lifted, edified, strengthened and encouraged through the teaching of the word and by the power of the spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, I'll be conscious of the time again tonight. I just want to run very fast. This is going to be a preamble to what will begin to happen on Sunday. Um, entrepreneurship. So what I want to talk about tonight is the faith, grace, Holy Spirit pathway. Uh, that is very important. Somebody say faith. Grace. 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 Holy Spirit pathway. You see, 
that pathway is very important. Uh, if you take faith out of the equation, what you have is um, a kind of Christianity that is not making sense. <laughs> because people will get out of Egypt, but they won't be able to enter into the promised land where there's no faith. People will get out of Egypt, but their carcasses will be overthrown in the wilderness. And it will look as if God's intention is to bring them out and not to bring them in. And Bible begins to tell us in Hebrews 4 that that is the definition of the rest of God. That unfortunately, many could not enter into his rest. Even though the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So where there's no faith, people cannot enter into the rest of God. And he, and he began to say unto us was the word gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith in those who heard it. And the Bible says there is a rest to the people of God. But those he was first of all preached to could not enter into that rest. And what happened to them? They just went the wilderness 40 years like what is happening for the most part in the church all over the world now, just roaming about. As if God just brought them out of Egypt to waste them in the wilderness. So if you take grace out of the equation, what do you have? You have um, a Christianity that is filled with struggles. Because outside of the unmerited favor that we call grace, things will be difficult. You will want to do things in your own strength and in your own power, and at the end of it all, you still mess up everything. If you take the Holy Spirit out of the equation, you have hyper grace. <laughs> so you're going to turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. Because there's no regulator for the grace of God. There's nobody that tells you hey, you are going crazy there. There's no conviction. That means you take the resource of grace and you waste it. You frustrate it. I mean, like we've seen in many quarters, you, you feel like once I become born again, I can do and undo. After all, God has forgiven me. So you don't even know the meaning of grace. You know, you, you waste it, you frustrate it, because grace can be frustrated. Praise God forevermore. But when you have a combo, I mean the combination of the three, you have what is called spiritual capital. So what, what, what do we have as the constituents of our spiritual capital? Faith, grace, and the Holy Spirit. You see, among other forms of capital, human capital, social capital, what is the most important as far as entrepreneurship is concerned for the believer is the spiritual capital. So I just defined for us now the outlook of spiritual capital. So you have the element of faith, you have the element of grace, and you have the element of the mercy of the spirit. I'm gonna, we're going to operationalize this now, like I usually say. We, we just deconstructed it now. So let's operationalize it so that it will begin to make sense. Are you ready yes, for the word tonight? Yes, sir. All right, now let's begin from Ephesians chapter number three. I will thank God Pastor Faith is there. When, whenever she's reading, you feel the anointing. All right, let's, let's, let's read 17 and 18 just to start. That Christ. All right. <laughs> you, you know, you know, you, you know. I, I don't have more time tonight. 
So please cooperate with me so that we can flow. Sister Faith. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. Verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Amen. If you read now that translation, it says that you will be invigorated with dunamis <laughs> in the inner man. <laughs> so where's the beginning of entrepreneurship? In the inner man. In the inner man. Like Pastor Toby must have taught us severally, in this kingdom, we don't start from the outside. We start from the inner man. If the strength to break through is not in the inner man, it does not matter what you do on the outside, you will still fail. So what is it that the Holy Spirit is all out to do this weekend? To fortify us in the inner man. To be strengthened with dunamis in the inner man. In the inner man. So that means the inner man is the measure of the capacity building of a believer. So how strong are you? How strengthened are you in the inner man? It's going to show in the marketplaces of life. <laughs> Let me operationalize that. Mark 5. I think the Holy Spirit is helping us already tonight. Look at Mark 5. Now, because of time, I'll just summarize the story. You know the story. The story of the gathering demoniac. This guy. This guy. <laughs> look at this guy. Under the influence of an unclean spirit. Under the influence of an unclean spirit. That means look at the capacity of this guy in, in his inner man. Just because he was possessed by a devil. You know, I want to show you. You know, at times, if you don't look at the negative, you won't understand the positive. I mean, this is an ordinary guy, but loaded in his inner man. And look, look at it. The Bible says number three, I mean, verse number three of Mark 5, there was no fear. Can you imagine the guy was dwelling in the cemetery? Do you know what it means for a guy to leave his home and to go and sleep? Where, where was this guy dwelling? That means as a result of being possessed, he knew no fear. And, and this is the influence of a negative spirit. I just want to show us how a, a spirit can come into a man, an ordinary man, and make something out of that man. I mean, look at this guy. He was dwelling amongst tombs. The Bible said nobody could bind him. Look at it. <laughs> Not even with chains. Because he's been often bound with shackles and chains. They've attempted to bind him. But look at verse number four. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. 
Under the influence of a negative spirit. You couldn't bind him. So, so if you are not under the influence of the Holy Spirit and you feel bound, I don't understand. Because, I mean, this is a guy totally sold out to an evil spirit. I mean, you put chains on him. That means there's something about, uh, about the influence of a spirit on a man that can, that can <laughs> how do I, put aside strength of material. You know, when you put shackles on, on someone, I, I mean, I know in those days, the kind of shackles that they put on people is not very nice at all. It's not the kind of shackles that we have today. You understand what I mean? If, you, if you've seen some of those Asian movies, heavy duty thing. So you put it on the guy, and it does like this, and the next thing, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Strengthened with might by an evil spirit in his inner man. So it's got nothing to do with his muscles. It's got nothing to do with the fact that he's been to the gym. But he was under the influence of a spirit, so you put shackles on him, it tears you like paper. Negative spirit. Nobody could bind him. And guess what? The only person, now listen, that attempted to bind him and eventually bound him was the one under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus came, I mean, nobody could come the way of the guy. So Jesus was the first person to look the guy in the face. And of course, Jesus addressed that problem. So Jesus began to show us that in the marketplaces of life, you are going to meet all kinds of challenges. You need to be strengthened in the inner man. That means in life, spirit first, inner man first. Once the inner man is strengthened, you become unstoppable, like this guy. I mean, the first time anybody would stop him was the day somebody filled with the Holy Spirit came his way. So he too now began to understand that, that, that there is ranking in the realm of the Spirit. So when he saw Jesus, he shouted, and I, I of course, recognized who he was, and he said, have you come, and, and started saying all those things, but see, that's not even my concern. I want to show you the strength and the capacity of the spirit of a man. Just one line. When eventually the devils begged Jesus to allow them to go into the head of swine. Oh, I hope Nigeria is listening. We're having problems with head, head swine. It, it, can, it can be controlled by people possessed by the Holy Spirit. Because you see, there was, some, there was a local business there. We're talking about entrepreneurship. So that means this business was being driven by devils. And if you look at the business environment of the world, you see, you can, you can call some people successful people. Believe me, anyone that is not born again in the real sense of the word and is a serious-minded Christian cannot be said to be successful. Just a question of time. We can learn one or two things from them, but we must understand that we operate by different sets of rules. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, Very important. Very, and I think those are the things Pastor Toby has been emphasizing. We're still talking this afternoon about those who are, who are going back to Nigeria and what they are going to begin to do. And I could see that he, he, he understands how these things must work out. You guys are blessed, sincerely. Guess what? For the first time in human history, I'm just giving us the back end of the story. The Lord is saying, 
Let me show you how powerful the spirit of one man can be. When they open up the spirit of this man, <laughs> the number of evil spirits here alone accommodated shut down a business. Oh, you are not hearing me. <laughs> oh, man. A flourishing business at that. You know, these guys were having a few days, having, I mean, doing uh, bacon, ham, and doing those things, pigs everywhere, and they were having a great time until somebody opened the spirit. What came out of the spirit of just that one man changed the regional economy. Oh, you're not hearing me. An unclean spirit. You know, Jesus already demonstrated to us in that story now that an unclean spirit is a lower form of spirit. And that the Holy Spirit is a higher form. Intelligent. An unclean spirit is destructive. That means that day, they got to work. They had a staff meeting. They looked at the profit of uh, the day before, and they made their forecast and projections. I mean, the CEO said everything is looking okay, but this time next year, we should move into Lebanon. You know, they were projecting to go international. <laughs> One devil-possessed man, within two seconds, shut down the entire business. Am I talking to somebody here? And what was the secret? He was trending in a spirit man with evil spirit, not dunamis. So that means at a point people had business. The next minute they didn't have business again. And they're like, what happened? It's not inflation. It's not the economic meltdown. Somebody opened up his spirit and demonstrated that the spirit man is so powerful that if you unleash what is in your spirit, you can change the economy of London. Oh, oh, oh. So the X-Men, did you read your Bible? They fled. You don't understand. So, so, so how are we going to change the X-Men problem in Nigeria? The reason why that problem is in Nigeria, for example, is because somebody is here to open his spirit. One person. Not two. two. <laughs> this is just one guy. So imagine what is in the spirit of Spark Nation. Oh, one guy. Negative spirit, negative influence. When they had the pig people saw what happened, they fled. As a matter of fact, when they saw Jesus, they had to beg him. They said, you have to go, you have to go. Because we've, how, how can you destroy an egg? Because the Bible says the moment, look, I, I mean, the moment Jesus said go, the evil spirit went into the pigs. That's why the pigs ran violently down the steep slope. And they went into the sea and they choked themselves. One man. It is amazing what the spirit of a man can contain. <laughs> the capacity within the spirit of one man. This is a story we must never forget. So let's, let's look at the positives. And now this is negative. So imagine now being possessed by the Holy Spirit. 
that you are now strengthened with might in the inner man by the Holy Spirit. What, what does it take to, to change the economy of UK? That means when a man unleashes what is in his spirit, you can stop anything that is happening on your streets. You can shut things down. You can say in this community, because I'm there, there's not, not going to be any knife crime. Because, you see, it's got nothing to do with your physical size. It's gotten everything to do with what you carry, what is inside your spirit. So that means every time you are praying in tongues, you know what you are doing? You are doing capacity building in the spirit. You are building yourself on your most holy faith. When we got home yesterday, I told my wife, I said, did you see how the guys were praying there? Did you guys go to CAC? Man, you guys can pray. I mean, I saw the, oh my, and I'm like, by the time Pastor Toby starts talking about entrepreneurship, London is going to be hit big time. You know why? Because believe me, believe me, within the spirit of everybody here, oh, if, if we join forces and you flow, you see what an individual can do? Imagine we now have 20 gathering demoniacs. Everybody in the city will flee. And if ever there is a password we have in this house, is that we are the takeover generation. This guy did not negotiate with the economy of the region. He just shut it down. He just said, from now henceforth, nobody's going to rear pigs. <laughs> it happens. It happens. So ask your neighbor. He said, what is the size of your spirit man? One megabyte? <laughs> Ten gigabytes? <laughs> or it's in the cloud? <laughs> It's in the cloud. When it's in the cloud, that is when you begin to connect with the cloud of witnesses. That is when you know what you ought to do in London. And that is when you know that we are not here. You know, I'm surprised when, when, when we were talking to Pastor Toby earlier today. And some of the wonderful places in London, it's not been to any of those places. And it's been here for 15 years. And, and, and that is it. Because we're not here to see all those places. We're here. Because it is in a place like this. That is called foreign land. You see, we need to understand the protocols of our faith. Whenever God is about to form a nation. He doesn't form a nation in an environment they are used to. He takes them to Egypt. Look, Egypt is not bad. And, uh, because we're talking about the, the, the blessing of Abraham in light of entrepreneurship now to prepare us for Sunday. Egypt is not bad. Because you see, when God spoke to Abraham that 400 years down the line, your descendants will be slaves somewhere. If you reach that place, it didn't mention any specific nation. That is what we call gap in prophecy, and it's deliberate. That means God was saying 
Let's look for any nation that will qualify to fill in that gap. And guess what? The only nation that qualified for Israel to come in to be prepared to become a nation was the nation of Egypt. For two strategic reasons. Number one, it was the only nation on earth. And you're going to see the similarity between Egypt and, and, and the UK. Where meritocracy is the order of the day. So it didn't matter whether you're a Jew or you're a Gentile. If you can interpret the dream, you can become prime minister. No other nation at the time had the capacity to do that. Number two, it was the only nation on earth that the king will dream and his dream will bother him. How <laughs> I wish leaders in Africa, their dreams bother them. <laughs> you know, they just dream and they wake up and like Nebuchadnezzar, they forget the dreams. But when Pharaoh dreamt, because you see, whenever God is about to form a nation, within, within another nation, and that was the concept Pastor Toby took time to explain this afternoon when we were having the video, uh, whatever, why the name Spark Nation. So there is a nation within the nation. And whenever God is about to do that, it will create an enabling environment for people to dream. Pharaoh dreamt. Joseph dreamt. Without Joseph talking to Pharaoh, the dreams of Joseph were connected to the dreams of Pharaoh. Because whenever there's an outpouring of the spirit, young men must see visions. Old men must dream dreams. Old men is not with respect to age. Old men is capacity for wisdom to handle the dream and to be able to interpret it. So when he says old men, it's not talking about chronological age. It's talking about maturity to handle spiritual things. Are you there? So, <laughs> and, and guess what? Guess what? Look at, look at how Egypt is good, which is a type of UK. God did not say, I'm going to pour my spirit upon Christians. Say, upon all flesh. That means everybody in the environment will be conditioned by default to respond to the spirit without them even knowing. When Pharaoh was dreaming, he did not know he was the Holy Spirit. He thought it was just an ordinary dream because the outpouring is not upon church people, it's upon all flesh. So when it's done upon all flesh, sons and daughters will pick their own. And maidens and maid servants will pick their own. So it doesn't matter where you are within the valley layer. Something will accrue to you, and it's yours. So Pharaoh picked his own, which was to dream. And guess what? The dream of Pharaoh, very, very significant. What is the basis for entrepreneurship in the UK, for example, and for those of us who are going to return to Africa? You must be able to interpret the dream of Pharaoh. <laughs> that means anything that is happening within the socio-economic space is a pointer to what the Spirit of God is doing. Don't ignore it. Listen to news. Interpret the news. Understand Brexit. Don't just say Brexit. Brexit, what is exit? Where are they going? No, no. <laughs> you see, those things are, they, they have a lot to do with your future. And, 
and with what the Holy Spirit is doing. Brexit is like Exodus. It's going, it's going to change the dynamics. So study post-Brexit. What is going to happen? Okay, if Boris Johnson should become prime minister, what are the implications? See, don't, don't be a politician, but be interested in spirit-inspired political coefficients. Those things are important. Praise God forever, Mom. So, Pharaoh dreamt. And what was the dream of Pharaoh? <laughs> the dream of Pharaoh is very funny. And that's what Brexit is all about. <laughs> that fatted <laughs> cows <laughs> swallowed, I mean, the, the ill-fated ones, the, the swallowed the other one, and they didn't get bigger. <laughs> when the guy woke up, he was like, what kind of dream is this? It bothered him. But you see, that was God preparing the space for Joseph. Let me tell you what capacity building, what it does. God will make sure a time will come in the history of this nation. They will try everything and it's not going to work. And at that point in time, they will look for those who have spiritual capital. Because when Pharaoh dreamt, he didn't send for Joseph immediately. He consulted the normal people. The House of Commons, the House of Lords. He, he consulted all the SA, the PAs, and you know, what have you. And they could not prefer solution. There are things that will happen, as Pastor Toby will begin to teach, that will give us comparative advantage in the scheme of things. Because there are things I has not seen. Like ill-fated cow swallowing robust one and remaining ill-fated. Hair has not hurt. It's yet to enter into the heart of any man. The Bible says there are things God has prepared. It did not say God will prepare. God has prepared for those who love him. And God has revealed them to us by the spirit. Because the greatest search engine in the world is not Google. The spirit searches all things. Searches all things. Including things you can't find on Google. And the Bible says, yea, the deep things of God. If ever there's a time you need to be deep. Is this season. You can't, you can't afford it. You see, when... <laughs> Pharaoh was dreaming. The guy that was going to decode the dream is a guy by the name Joseph. One of us. One of our forerunners. <laughs> and guess what? Joseph is the name of the operational construct this time. Because that is the capacity you need to build to look at what Pharaoh is saying. And, and you don't go there to say, he don't just say, Maraka, Baba, Sudo, bo, 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 bo. See, they're going to throw you to the lions. <laughs> you must, at that level, understand this economic importance of tongues. Imagine Joseph gets there and he says, excuse me, sir. Makasto, le le Pharaoh will say, is this guy crazy? Do you think we are joking that we have some serious, serious economic concern now? We are about to experience a meltdown. We are the verge of Brexit. And you cannot interpret your tongues. We don't, we don't need 
We don't need spirituality here. We need spiritual capital. Oh, you don't understand? We, we need spiritual capitalism. <laughs> so Joseph looked at Pharaoh and Joseph said, look, it has to be me. It has to be me. It couldn't have been Judah. Judah slept with a woman and left his rod and, you know, whatever. The woman had to come the following day to say, whoever is the owner of this bracelet and this rod, Judah did not know he was the one. Imagine Judah was the one there with Potiphar's wife. What do you think will happen? So God had to look for a guy with capacity. When, when God in Genesis 49 was speaking through Jacob, when he was blessing his sons, and he began to talk about Joseph, he described Joseph in the spirit. That's the posture we need to have now. Because of time, I can't go into that, but you can read it. He said, Joseph is a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough whose branches runs over the wall. He said his strength is like that of a unicorn. That means in the realm of the spirit, that is stability. That is stamina. So that, that means when God looked at all the sons of Joseph, God said, who can be in prison for 13 years and will still be straight? said, Joseph. Joseph. Who will be there, incarcerated for 13 years, and after he sees his brothers, he's still walking in love. Joseph. Because another capital, it's just that we're not talking about that today, is love. Because in this next economic wave that's about to start as pastor teaches on Sunday, if you cannot walk in love, you can't assess it. That the reason why you want to do business is because of love. <laughs> so you cannot do business and be successful with people you don't love. That social enterprise, social intervention, my pastor began to teach yesterday, corporate social responsibility is because you genuinely love the people. And we're going to get to that. I mean, imagine the brothers that hurt you. If some of us were to be Joseph, the moment you become prime minister, in fact, you won't wait for them to come. You will send for them. <laughs> because he had the power to do that at the time. It's called diploma diplomacy. He would just call whoever is the leader there and said, I have some evil brothers there. Now that I'm prime minister, this is the time to deal with them. <laughs> or better still, that would be a good time to remember Mrs. Potiphar. Did you read in the story that Joseph did not say, okay, Mrs. Potiphar, now come and tell the whole nation the truth. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't bother him. He could have said, Mrs. Potiphar, now on national TV, tell the whole nation, I didn't, I didn't rape you. And Joseph would feel cool. It couldn't be bothered. You see, those things are not, they, they are just part of the training. That is how God trains our human spirit. Because any spirit that is not trained cannot handle things at this level. You must be trained. So for Joseph, the pathway of, and that's why Pastor Toby kept on saying, for some reasons, God hates stagnation. It's part of the training. Imagine 10 years ago, Pastor Toby was exposed. Believe me, a lot of wrong people will have come here. And things will have gone the other way. Because all that template, like he was saying yesterday, will have come into the house. But you see, God has a way of, you, you, know, you, know, you know how Joseph was described. He said, let the oil come upon the head of him who was separated from his brethren. That's why Pastor Toby said, if you are going to be sent to your people, 
there will be a season you have to be separated from them. And when they came eventually, people who don't embrace the move of God for their life don't change. They were looking at Joseph like this. They didn't know he was the one. But the moment Joseph saw them, ah, he said, look at bros. You know, they've come. <laughs> they didn't change. So Joseph knew them immediately, and they were looking at Joseph. Until Joseph had to reveal himself to say, I am Joseph. Ah. And I said, ah, it's true. Ah, it's true. And that is your story. You see, after all said and done, people say, is he the one? No, I don't think so. It's not the one. Until you say, my name is Reverend Dafuade Boiga. And they're like, eh, Reverend D, it's you. He said, it's me. It's me. Now, this is important. As we're exploring this valley layer, what was it that worked for Joseph? Because even Pharaoh, in his ignorance, knew the blueprint Joseph gave. And Pastor was talking about blueprint yesterday. Came as a result of his going to the mountain. Because Pharaoh looked at Joseph and said, can we find such a man as this? A man in whom the spirit of God is. So Pharaoh knew. All that Joseph was saying was not from London School of Economics. With due respect to London School of Economics, it's not from Harvard. It's not from Cambridge. Thank God for Cambridge. But you see, those things cannot come out of those places. Because if it should come out of those places, God cannot be glorified. People will not respect this God. So it must come from the Spirit of God. For the Spirit searches all things. So, what was the intelligence? Because what I what eyes has not seen, vision that is clear. What hair has not heard, information that is rare. What is yet to enter into the heart of any man, concept that are out of this world. That is what the Holy Spirit will begin to give us as a basis for entrepreneurship. But I repeat it again: vision that is clear, information that is rare. And concepts out of this world. Amen. That by the time you conceptualize a business deal and you present it, the thing will be good in the eyes of Pharaoh and the eyes of all his servants. They will not have any job. I mean, Metropolitan Police inviting Pastor Toby to sit down and ask him, tell us, what do we do? Don't you think this is already happening? Because, you see, whenever God wants to do something, he will allow it to happen in a dimension. But God is always multidimensional. Just like I said, the fact that Abraham inaugurated the genealogy of Jesus Christ biologically does not mean Christ will only be born biologically. It's just to show us the template so that Christ can be born in all the sectors. And what Spark Nation is arousing this season is the baton of Christ in entrepreneurship. And it's going to take over. And you know what? Once he is born, wise men will locate us. Wise men are very wise. You see, they might not be spiritual. They might not be in church. But when they see the movement in the stars, they know a king is born. And, and you, they know at the, at the end of it all, imagine the shepherd visited him. They just worshipped, which is great. But when wise men visited, they opened their treasures. Because they understood that if you don't put money in this thing now, 
when he's still a baby. Imagine that kind of wisdom that people will see your idea. It's not yet mat and they are ready to invest because they are wise men. They, they can see potential. They can see that in another five years, this is it. In another 10 years, this is it. You know, all I'm just doing is to prepare us for Sunday. So what was the information God gave to Joseph? Dear mommy, it was a very simple thing. Because the things of the spirit are not complex. Once we begin to speak jargons, we know. Have you seen the way Pastor Toby just... You always know a man of the spirit. They, they keep it simple. Imagine the only information revealed to Joseph was that a famine was coming. But the famine is not even the information. Everybody will see the famine. But what was the exclusive thing revealed to Joseph? Grain bubble. Joseph knew by the spirit that in another 14 years, the most valuable thing on the earth will be corn. Whoever invested in corn and stored corn is going to be the richest country on the earth. Every other country experienced the boom. When, when the years of abundance happened, it happened everywhere. But people did not know the purpose of the abundance. Joseph was the only person. Guess what? In the years of abundance, Sister Faith, many people were buying more lands. Many people were investing in money markets. When the farming started, the first thing that lost value was land. So it is not always true that real estate is it. The Holy Spirit is it. Because right before us in Egypt, people were giving land to get corn. I mean, if you were told in your widest imagination that a time will come, corn will be more valuable than land. So while everybody was investing in land, Joseph was investing in corn. Joseph was investing in corn. Joseph was storing corn. And people are like, are you crazy? Why will you be storing corn? Joseph said, I know something you guys don't know. What eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what is yet to enter into the heart of anyone, God has revealed to me by the Spirit. As the Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. You may be seated. <laughs> you know, when we're having the video session this afternoon, Pastor Toby started talking about Moses. And I went to read Moses again in Acts 7. Let me look at the time <laughs> so I don't get carried away. <laughs> I started uh, about 1959, right? Was that when I start? I started. When did I start? Okay. Okay. So, how many minutes do I have more? So I can <laughs> structure it very well. Okay. I'll be watching it. Please, where's Brother Daniel? Please, helping me. All right. So, so we can close. For Moses, how did he start? There's one story I need to get to, so I'll just say this and quickly get to the story so I can close. The Bible says he came into his heart to visit his brethren. 
And as I was reading it, I said it in passing yesterday. Holy Spirit quickened my understanding again. That talk to the IT guys. He said, look at that scripture again. I looked at it again. And you know how I now read it? IT came into his eyes to visit his brethren. Medicine came into his heart to visit his brethren. Law came into his heart to visit his brethren. Keyboard came into our heart to visit his brethren. Drum came into his heart. This season, especially as from Sunday, as Pastor Toby begins to teach, watch what comes into your heart. Because there is no entrepreneurship without visiting your brethren. It is your connector to your brethren. And guess what? When you start out, your brethren might not be on Oxford Street. They might be in slavery. But that is what is going to bring them out. You remember what Pastor Toby said yesterday? That is how we're going to grow together. But I, I'm very particular about the IT guys in the house. I don't know how many IT people we have. IT is a tool God is going to use this season. Be sensitive. And I'm going to visit your brethren. That means purpose redefines brethren. <laughs> you will just know that you are not a prince of Egypt. You will refuse to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter. You will just know that you are not in UK for the sake of saying, I'm in UK. Your brethren might be in Liberia. Purpose has a way of connecting you to your brethren. And that is when your own training will start. Now let's quickly look at Abraham, the light of what we've been sharing. In Genesis 14, this is a word house, so I can, I can just, we don't need to read it so as to save time. The name of the game, again, is capacity building. If you read Genesis 14, that is how global economy is designed. It is designed a way to intimidate you. It will look as if you can't assess it. You look at all the big names and you are like, what is it going to take for me to believe me? It's not by power. It's not by might. But by my spirit. So, uh, that chapter opened by telling us that kings were fighting. And that is how many of us see the economic sector. The wars of the kings. Everybody trying to dominate and outshine the other. Somebody will start a line of business before you know others will come. So, it's the clash of the kings. It's the clash of the titans. But you know what? Abraham looked insignificant. For many reasons, he was not a king. But you see, on the faith lane, what those other kings forgot is that once you step on the faith lane, you are a nation yourself. <laughs> so God was no, you see, at times we belittle ourselves, you know. We, we don't see ourselves in the light of how God sees us. So at that point in time, God was not seeing Abraham as an individual. God started seeing Abraham as a nation. And if you look at Genesis 14, they were fighting over two resources there. Number one, asphalt. Number two, salt. The economy of the world is all about resource control. These kings were fighting because somebody wanted the asphalt pit. 
which was the oil and gas back in the days. You know what I'm saying? That's what they used to do the road. So there, there will always be one resource somewhere that is that is control, like the economy of the world. Now you have oil and gas, and you have some other thing. There will always be something. If there's war in the Middle East, for the most part, it's not political. It's resource control. What is the war going on in Africa? Blood diamond. So when this king saw as fat and he saw Saul, they started fighting. But see, the environment must prepare you for your access into the resources God has given to you. When Abraham found himself in an atmosphere where kings were fighting, where all around him were wars. You see this king fighting that king, Chadalaoma fighting this other king, Tida king of nations, all this one. What do you think the Holy Spirit was telling Abraham? The Holy Spirit began to tell Abraham, and that is what is happening to you and I, that if we are going to survive in this environment, you must raise an army. That warfare is around you. At some point, you must join the fight. But you are not fighting the way they are fighting. You are fighting the good fight of faith. But that you will not fight. And the best way to fight spiritually is entrepreneurship. It's warfare by other means. You are making a statement. Because whoever controls the business in a territory controls that territory. <laughs> Somebody asked a wise man, how do you take over a city? He said, buy it. <laughs> and how do you buy it? Do business in it. Occupy till I come. So what Spark Nation is about to step into is of immense prophetic significance. And I'm not joking. And I'm part of this revolution too. Because I'm, I'm a family member. It's just that I'm in Nigeria. You, you understand? But I'm here. Paul told them, he said, my spirit is with you. So, so every Sunday, whenever you gather, even though we're in Nigeria, my spirit is there. <laughs> my spirit is there. Amen. Because I found the kind of house I'm looking for. Believe me, I'm here. Praise God forevermore. So let's round up. Abraham suddenly knew. Once you look at what is happening around you by the Spirit, I'm just, I'm just trying to give us how to operationalize this thing. You must change direction. We were never told, Pastor Faith, that Abraham was a soldier. How did he acquire military training? To the extent of now training 318 others. So Abraham knew this season, I can't do livestock alone. Oh, You see, there comes a time that you are doing an MBA by the Spirit. You are not doing an MBA because you are looking for a job. And the Holy Spirit can now move you to go into fashion. You see, that fashion is a weapon of war. Do you understand? It's not something you want to do. So here was Father Abraham doing livestock. And suddenly, he went to register in a military school. Oh, he was taught how to fight. He acquired every training he could fire. <laughs> what do they call RPG of his day? <laughs> It was a commando. It could take an entire nation. 
And God said, just like Pastor told me, since Abraham is not enough, you have to train others. That means the Lord is saying, what you are going to use to take London, to take Africa, must be homegrown. It, it is not strength you are going to get from outside. These slaves, these servants, were born in Abraham's house. Do you not see what Spart Nation is doing? It's, it's an homegrown military might. It's an homegrown strengthening in the inner man. Now, albeit Abraham was now doing and demonstrating for us physically. He raised an army. It is called Operation Prepare for War in a time of peace. As they were being trained, and, and maybe it is an encouragement for somebody, if you are in Spark Nation and you are getting discouraged and you are like, we've been big, we have been trained, we have been trained, when will the manifestation come? It will come. Because imagine Abraham was training them every day. Being trained, said, this is how to fire RPG. This is how, this is how to throw grenade. This is how to do this. this is how to, and they were like, oh, every day. How did Abraham become a general? Because on the faith lane, there's capacity building. That is how you become the father of nations. Look, if you cannot beat the nations in their game, you can't father them. That means in whatever they think is their strength, but the spirit, you will bypass them. You will outshine them. And guess what? I'm not, I'm not praising someone. That's what Pastor Toby is doing. But look at the time. I think I have about how many minutes more now? Ten minutes. Good. So Daniel just did like this ten minutes. So I will stay with ten minutes. That's 40, 47. Okay. Now, listen. Pastor Toby, you know the most important thing in the story. Like I mentioned the first time in Joseph and I've repeated in taking Abraham, is a work of love. What 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 drew Abraham to that war was that they captured Lot. Oh, you don't understand what we're saying here. <laughs> and who is Lot, by the way? Somebody that walked out on Abraham. Let me use Nigerian English. Somebody that did not send Abraham. Uh, you know, I'm sure the Nigerian brothers understand what they do. They don't send somebody. Imagine, why will Abraham put his life in line for Lot? Lot that Abraham said, choose. And he said, good. I mean, an old man, ready to, old enough to be your father, say, and you chose. Only for him to choose Sodom. Abraham joined that battle because he wanted to rescue Lord. You know how Peter described Lord? He said, that is a righteous man whose righteous soul is being vexed daily by the filthy conversation of the wicked. That means there are people everywhere. That is why God is unleashing entrepreneurial dimensions by the Spirit. Who are like Lot. That the system that be had captured them. They are already enslaved to the system. And the reason why God is training you and I in Spark Nation is to mobilize our private equity to rescue them. To rescue them. Our private equity. You cannot join this battle if you don't have robust private equity. You don't go to that battlefield and you are speaking in tongues. You must have the wherewithal. When Pastor Toby told me over the years in, in, the, in this city, is done and started and pioneered over 40 business. I said, that's what we're talking about. 
That is, that is, that is RPG. <laughs> if you know what RPG is. Yes, that is some deadly weapons. That is, you see, <laughs> if, if you read that place, it's just a, you know, Pastor Faye, because of time, you will see battle Abraham distributed his forces. You could see strategy. And in no time, Abraham and his 318 homegrown businesses defeated five kings, five nations. With their army, Abraham defeated five. Do you know what it means? One nation, maybe with 1,000 troops, another nation, five of them, Abraham fought them, defeated them, and rescued Lot. So, as God will begin to unleash that grace upon us, focus on Lot. There are righteous people everywhere. And that is why social entrepreneurship is the name of the game. That the reason why we are doing business is to solve a problem. And in the sense, make money. But the making of money is not why we are going. It's that we have to solve problems. And there's no way you are going to solve problems. And and we can begin to write it. Even in your community, write it down. You can write five problems that by the Spirit of God, you can believe God to solve. That's how it starts. Lot was rescued. And the moment Lot was rescued, God now began to demonstrate. You know, the story is happening from here to here. But we, we want to read it from here to here. One man showed up by the name Melchizedek. Oh. You see, <laughs> oh man. when Christ came, there's a reason why he didn't come after the order of Aaron. Christ came as a priest after the order of Melchizedek. What, what is the definition of that order? It is giving executive expression to your spiritual capital. Okay, I'll say it again. because I, 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 Let me say it in English now. Because <laughs> I just said it by the Spirit. <laughs> you have an executive role. Like some of the brothers here, you sit behind a desk as a CEO. But you are not there as a CEO. You are a priest who is a CEO. So Abraham all his life was around these kings, was doing business. And for the first time, one man stepped out. And he said, you know what? I'm a king and I'm a priest at the same time. Ah, How do you do that? Is it that you're a king? Or you're a priest. That means Melchizedek said in this new order, as you are executing your priesthood, (laughs) as you're executing your priesthood, there must be a front. You must have some kind of kingship that is concealing the priesthood. But the reason why you are there is not to be a king forever, it's to be a priest forever. Because in that order, you are not a king forever. You are a priest forever. That means 24-7 you are a priest, but 24-7 you are not a king. That means there is no time you are behind that desk that you are not a priest. And you know what? To demonstrate that, as our Lord Jesus Christ ended and he did for us, I have five minutes more, to demonstrate that. Guess what? 
He gave Abraham bread and wine. Now, this is where people get a little bit of tightening wrong. Now, you're going to see now. He gave Abraham bread and wine. And he blessed him. He said, blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And the Bible says, give him a tie of all. And guess what? Hebrews 7, 7 tells us without contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Communion is supposed to be a spiritual thing. And it is. Because our Lord Jesus Christ eventually, because he came from that order, he instituted communion again. But communion <laughs> was given to people coming out for warfare. Not as sacrament, but as meal to strengthen them because they were weak. So how do we package spiritual substance to meet a social need? That's the order of Melchizedek. Because those guys were not receiving the bread and wine as communion. Even though it was packaged, just that they were receiving it as they were hungry and they were thirsty. So in an attempt to meet their hunger and thirst, communion was given to them and they were receiving it as something that would strengthen them. But the undertone is communion. So that is the basis of our own entrepreneurship and involvement. They will think we are providing services. And yet we will. <laughs> but there is the social interface and packaging. We give to the spiritual things God is doing with us as we receive. So that those who are weary can eat and drink what we have to offer without knowing that it's spiritual. There is nobody that does that that receives that, that will not drop his money. <laughs> you see, instead of teaching this thing, we are saying, bring your tithe, bring your tithe. No. Melchizedek never demanded tithe from Abraham. So once it is being demanded, it is wrong. It's never supposed to be demanded. But there's no way I will give you bread and I'll give you wine. And you won't look at what you have and say, I'll drop a tithe of all. It's, it's, I mean, but by the time I'm saying, if you don't drop it, tongue down will strike you, fire will strike you, you know there's a problem. It was given. It was never demanded. You see where we miss it in church? Now people are demanding it, and they are demanding it by force. That if you don't tithe, things are tight. You know, all kind of things <laughs> by force. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, not in Spark Nation, not here. I mean, you can't come and tell us that. You can't come and tell us that. Not where Pastor Toby is seated. But the way he's going to look at you, you will drop the mic. <laughs> but, but the truth about the matter is this. Where, those resources, where did they come from? About 10 kings. Everything they had as resources, momentarily, was transferred to Abraham. And when he defeated all of them, what do you think happened to the asphalt pit? What do you think happened to the salt connection? And after all said and done, after all that happened, God now said, Abraham, I am your shield. And you're exceeding great reward. Folks, we are at the verge of a major move of the spirit. I just showed you again 
how resources are transferred on the faith lane. Stay on the faith lane. Keep on fighting a good fight of faith. Sunday is the activation. Sunday is the induction. Sunday is when everything we have taught over this weekend is going to be operationalized. Come on, give the Lord a shout.